Hello, everyone. Thanks for tuning into my channel, the Inspirational Leaders Podcast. And today, we have a very special guest on our show. He's a principal architect working on machine learning based innovation for Cisco customer experience. He has two US patents, something which I can only dream of. And he's also an author of a book titled Data Analytics for IT Networks Developing Innovative Use Cases. He's a leading tech innovator and an inspirational role model for many others out there. With that being said, please welcome our guest for tonight, Mr. John Garrett. Welcome, John. Thanks, Akash. I'm really looking forward to our chat today. Absolutely, John. So how have you been lately and how are things in really North Carolina? Now, things are good. We're actually starting to open up uh, again. People are getting outside. The uh, The sun is shining. It's it's bright. Um, lots of vaccinations in the, the U.S. have been uh, completed. Uh, restaurants and uh, parks are starting to open. So uh, things are things are looking up here. Uh, looking up. Mm-hmm. So are you vaccinated now? <laughs> I am. You can roam around. Uh, I am. I can. I can go outside without my mask and uh, and walk around. It's it's beautiful. I uh, feel feel bad for my uh, compatriots in in India who are suffering right now, but uh, hopefully they can uh, get over the hump here and and move forward with us. Yeah, absolutely. Things are a little you know gloomy here, but yeah, we have a good ray of hope. Things will improve soon. So, John, just to start off our conversation, I mean, uh, and, and, you know, uh, firstly, I would like to thanks, thank you a lot for taking out time out of your busy schedule to be, uh, you know, for, for uh, this episode. And and since we know that, uh, I personally know that you have been occupied with a lot of stuff recently within the organization and on a personal level as well. So a special thanks to you for taking time out for this episode. And thanks to you as well, of course, being that we work together, I also know how busy you are. So, uh <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> That's so generous of you. Anyways, John. So, uh, I mean, since we know that you have been in the industry for quite some time now and you have seen it grow and evolve over a period of time. So uh, why not walk us through your professional career? How has the journey been like? Uh, wow. Well, I'm uh, I'm a, a little bit older than you. Uh, I have been at Cisco 20 years now and uh, worked a few years before that. But, you know, coming right out of college, I, I moved right into kind of a, a tech industry, uh, worked for a software replication company. Um, they were ended up going out of business and I ended up falling into a small Cisco partner as employee number five and um, was sold. To a uh, was a contractor, if you will, on a large pharmaceutical customer who happened to use Cisco gear, and um, it was that's how I got into networking. This pharmaceutical company actually recommended to their local Cisco rep that they hire uh, this guy who has been a contractor on site uh, for them. So that's how I ended up getting into to networking and Cisco and. Uh, and Cisco has been follow follow your interest. Um, you know, as you know, um, you're working for Cisco as well. The big companies really offer the opportunity to to move around. So um, really loved 20 years of every three to four years when you you get bored uh, with one role, you need you need a change. Um, you can do that within the same company. So that's that's been my career journey within Cisco. Is uh, every three to four years, roll up the sleeves. Uh, engage and learn something new, something useful. Add some industry certifications or credentials um, as as you know a target motivation to get uh, to where I need to be. And and so that path 
within Cisco. And as you know, as a bit of a futurist thinker and a nerd, I'd look for gaps. Um, you know, where can I work next? Where can I be most valuable to my uh, organization? And that's taken me through, you know, my CCIE. I'm, I'm a 20-year CCIE now, um, but I've worked since then through LAN, WAN, data center, uh, VMware certification. Just 20 years, John. Just yeah. 20 years. <laughs> Just 20. <laughs> uh, through all of those. Uh, so, and, and I ended up at machine learning, and that's where I'm at right now. And I've been in machine learning for six, seven years now, which, uh, again, my, has broken the, the three to four year cycle of moving on to, to something different. So it's been both challenging and rewarding, and I'm uh, really enjoying the ride and uh, get to, to work with and meet. Uh, great people such as yourself, of course. Thanks, John. So that means that you are you are already hunting for the next cutting edge technology as the period is over for this, right? <laughs> uh, you know, I, in the past I would say yes, but this machine learning thing is so big and uh, so popular. You can always find new, continue to work oh, in yeah. machine learning, but find new space uh, within the same technology. So that's been exciting, and that's what's kept me in this. Um, you know, I wrote the book back in. Uh, 2018, got my master's in, in analytics in 2015, and here we are 2021. So you know, six years in the same technology is a long time for me, and I'm still enjoying it. So, uh, you know, maybe it's maybe it's a great technology, or maybe I'm just old. But. <laughs> <laughs> no, absolutely. It's such a huge, uh, vast ocean, right? I mean, you touched also upon your book. Uh, can you elaborate more on that? I mean, what's the thought process and, you know, motivation behind that? What is it? basically talks about um, innovation in a in a large corporation is how I would would describe it it's obviously uh, has a lot of components of machine learning but what uh, what I mentioned earlier is as I engage and move into to new spaces find gaps where the organization needs me uh, I, I put a target out there a certification target um, for my learning and when you're doing technology that's a you know maybe a ccna or a ccnp or the next ccie that's from a technology perspective that's always been your target but uh, when i started looking at machine learning there, there's no single recognized um target as a certification out there so uh, i made the book my target i wanted to write a book that was complete uh, and it really does cover networking data um, covers how do you innovate in a large corporation. There's actually a chapter called Cognitive Bias um, and, and how do you deal with uh, organizational challenges when trying to bring out new innovations. And then, of course, all of the how to innovate and all of the machine learning algorithms, uh, just a quick overview of all of those and how you can apply those to the, the problems or the challenges you see in your in your environments. So that was my target for learning machine learning and um, ended up putting the book together and uh, it's done well hopefully it's helped uh, helped a lot of people uh, definitely i mean uh, knowing the outline of the book only intrigued me and the fact is that you know it's coming from a person who has been through this journey and experienced all the major blocks of it right within an organization so definitely a must read uh, i'll, I'll uh, reach out to you for the links post the session but uh, anyways, while I was researching about you, I got to know that you have two patents as well. So I thought that is the right time and the right person to check that what is what does it takes or what is the right recipe to get patents and not even one, two or two or two of it, right? So can you can you elaborate more on that? 
Uh, yeah, the uh, I recall some friends at Cisco, uh, Jeff Apcar uh, specifically from Australia, made it very very clear um, that you need to find something that is a non-obvious solution to a problem. Uh, obviously, you need to solve a problem. That's the purpose of a, a patent, at least a technology patent, is solving problems. Uh, but you need to find a, a non-obvious um, and novel way to solve a problem. And uh, that has it has to actually be useful, right? So that's uh, those are the, the three criteria um, that that come together. And so, from my perspective, the patents were uh, how can we find an approach to use this vast data lake that that Cisco has uh, and help customers reduce their their outages out there? And so, my my, my first patent is really related to uh, building a, a risk scoring model from vast volumes of Cisco data and being able to uh, to score customer devices in a unique way um, that is uh, valuable to them to help prevent outages. And so that was that circle all the way back around. Again, the, the idea is you have the same, you might have the same data and the same problems as everyone else, but can you come up with a unique approach um, to do that? And so that's the, the technical side of it. The, the, the soft skill side of it, again, is to uh, to find a guy like uh, like Jeff. Again, Jeff Apcar from Cisco is a distinguished engineer, and it's just been a really good role model for me to, to reach out to and say, how do I, uh, how do I make this happen? How do we get a patent uh, in this space? So those two things, that's the technical side and then the people side. Again, find someone to help uh, help you guide you along the way. Yeah, what a, you know, what, what a great journey that has been. And, and, and it's so lucky to find such people who help you on a regular basis and uh, have been a great source of motivation as well. So that's really uh, inspiring to know. Also, John, on the same lines, I mean, so when you look behind, right, when you, when you look at a John who is just, let's say, 25, 28 years old, starting his career, right? Uh, I mean, so at, at that point of time, obviously, you would have been, everyone starts their journey as an individual player or, you know, on an on individual contributor basis, they work for an organization, firm or whatsoever, right? But now if you see back those within these 20 to 25 years, wh what is it that has majorly changed and evolved within you as an individual? Is it like, you have you have started looking at things from a different perspective, or, or what it has been like. Oh man! So what has really changed from from my perspective is that uh, I'm I'm very much a self-professed nerd, um, very much into the technology. Um, and what the, I guess the biggest lesson, just top of mind, is that uh, it takes people, it takes consensus, it takes stakeholder buy-in um, to get something done. <laughs> in a big, again, it's my big company experience. But um, as a technical person, you look at you look at a lot of problems, and you you may think, well, this just makes total sense. I don't understand why everybody doesn't think the way I do. And so, understanding that everyone else has their own perspectives, um, their own goals, and engaging them to understand uh, that problem area that, that you're trying to solve. And again, I've always worked in, in innovation and, and solving problems. So by engaging other people and getting this, uh, this 360 view, you know, I, I always picture uh, when you were a kid and you were trying to examine a, a new toy or something, you, you just picked it up and you turned it all around and you looked at it from all sides, trying to figure out what it was. And, Oh, yeah, I had to get absolutely. back to that, you know, from a, there's just, there's not just one perspective of the problem. There are many perspectives. And uh, so 
that was the biggest the, the biggest learning for me was that uh, I don't need to do it alone. There there are people with incredible talents and incredible perspectives that are very much willing to work with you and help you solve that problem. And so engaging them uh, was my my biggest one. Um, get get myself out of the weeds and into the group. <laughs> yeah yeah that so that that's what we majorly learn from our experiences as well right we we learn to respect opinion difference of opinions and we learn from them and we evolve and you know we gradually build on top of that absolutely absolutely so as as the journey has been long so obviously there would have been ups and downs right i mean failures are part of life and it is bound to happen at some or other point of life point of time in anyone's life right so have you gone through some of those situations where you know things were really going haywire and they were not falling in place or and 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 if yes then what was your mindset and what was running through your mind and how you approached situations um so i i've been blessed in that um nothing has gone too haywire uh, for me in my situation but i i maybe that's because i i live by this mantra which uh, i share with my kids and they make fun of me when i I talk about, it, but it was uh, don't put yourself in the situation, and and that mantra has at least from a technology perspective. When I mentioned the the gaps uh, in technology, I, I would look for roles in technology that would put me in uh, good situations. I'd look for places where the the company needed me. So uh, to that end, things haven't gotten to a, a haywire from the the career perspective because I've had to. Um, I've always followed my nose into that latest, greatest technology that the company needs me to do for them. Um, but on the flip side of that, on the personal side, early on in Cisco, um, back to your, your earlier question about being younger, the first couple of years, I, I had to prove myself. I, I came from a very small startup into this uh, big company, Cisco, and I called it Swimming with the Sharks. Uh, because everybody was smart. Everybody was smart, and everybody was smarter than me was uh, what I was thinking at the time. And so I was constantly trying to prove myself. And that's 60, 70, 80 hours a week, um, learning, learning, learning. And I ended up putting the job ahead of the family um, back then. My, my wife still reminds me that I went back to work the day after my first son was born. Um, that I mean, Cisco now, as you know, this is 14 weeks of uh, maternity and paternity leave. Uh, the, the world is different, but um, back then, I, I noticed that things started getting stressful at home. And this was, the, you know, to your haywire question, um, I realized that I was creating a bad situation for my own family. My wife was raising a lot of the kids, and and I was generally checked out as I was trying to prove myself uh, at in Cisco, and so. Back to my situations comment, I, I created situations that forced me to change that. Um, I started working from home, and so I, now I got my commute time back, so I can use my commute time for for learning and open up some of that other time. And I, I signed up to coach my kids' sports teams, which was uh, very enjoyable, and I signed up for evening activities uh, with my wife. We have co-ed sports leagues, and so I signed up a couple of nights a week to do something just with my my wife. Um, oh, that's and, really great. I mean, I see, I can see the source behind that. You know, you have a great uh, support system behind it, and that's the reason you are, you know, able to maintain a great work-life balance as well. That great support system, absolutely. I have uh, coming up on twenty-seven years of marriage here, so <laughs> very. So she's, okay. she's been very patient with me. Uh, 
that's that's a really huge number and <laughs> that's that's so sweet to know that so i mean i mean it's equally important to emphasize upon the fact that you know for the mental well-being and you know increased productivity how important it is to maintain a balanced work life and on one hand you have your professional spectrum and then on other hand you have your personal life and situations right so it's it's equally important and uh, you know people generally more often than not uh, as as you would have as you were also once upon a time in that situation where you know you overweigh your professional uh, priorities over other things like so what was it that you tried to you know do differently or how how you tried to maintain that balance yeah as i said i i um when you're when you're very work driven um you live by your calendar right you have uh, you have meetings you have projects uh, that are on that calendar and you have things that need to be done so by um by signing up by being accountable to my kids to show up as coach and being accountable to my wife to show up as teammate uh, on these uh, items that we signed up for these act- after work activities um those went into my my life calendar if you will and and so i i worked out a a calendar of i i learn early in the morning um i i work hard all day and sometimes into the evening um but most of the time weekends and most evenings are are that family time so that's my uh, you know developing a calendar that worked for all of us as a family uh was the the way that I approached it because that again from from a work perspective it's very easy to be driven by the calendar and so if I include my personal things in that calendar uh as as important uh then they they did become important to me and it's uh, worked out well for me yeah because when you told that instance of early in career where you were more you know driven towards your work priorities i could totally relate to it that since when i also started as more of a in a in a zone where you know uh our number of hours and time doesn't matter but what more mattered was that you know priorities need to be met whether it's going out of bounds as well so i could totally relate to that yeah but also john on the other hand you just mentioned right that you know you 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 try to maintain this balance and from your professional spectrum you are more involved into uh, uh you know uh, cutting edge technologies or let me say that the technologies which are upcoming and uh, and, are, and are going to be or are currently in huge demand so you always have that driving seat right but uh, what is this all fuss about uh, machine learning artificial intelligence quantum ai and multiple uh, frameworks being coming in, coming into picture which are leveraged for this i mean just 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 out of curiosity can you you know just walk us through like uh, how is this shaping at least an individual or our industry in a better towards a better future uh, well, we are. This, this is going to sound cliche because it's been out for quite some time. But uh, as a, again, technical person, uh, data-driven decisions make um, total sense. But at times, uh, we found that the, it's very hard to access the data uh, for many people, and data-driven decisions from a machine learning perspective can can really provide insights to the management and the decision makers but uh if they don't get good analysis of that um then they ultimately don't trust it uh and they're not willing to to move forward with it so for me that's when you ask about shaping industry um it is about using data to understand what what's the current state of what what is and then what 
is the current state of where are we going? You know, there's a lot of frameworks I mentioned in, in or approaches that I mentioned in the in the book in I think chapter two. But really, it is about taking this data, learning from it, developing it into knowledge, and and turning it into to wisdom to know uh, what should I do next based on the, the current state. And so, machine learning to me is a the ability to or data science. Let's call it data science first. Is the ability to understand the current state. Um, given the data, what the data is telling you, and then the, the whole machine learning part of it, and even the the AI part of it is okay. Well, how can I act on uh, what I know to be current state? Uh, you know, what are the the best actions for me to take here? So, kind of a nebulous uh, under the covers view, but uh, that's that's how I see it. That there's value in that data, and if we can raise it up for our decision makers and our uh, our leaders in the organizations, then uh, then we all win. And so that's happening in networking. And I see that we are uh, some of the the simpler cases in networking are we're able to understand how things happen, how they manifest uh, in a network. Um, we're able to to kind of build models. Uh, of how that manifests and, and do simple things like identify where where is an anomaly or something that's out of whack that should be called to your attention and, and where is something that looks like it's out of whack, but it's just not very important uh, for you. So as a, as a time savings method for our operational environments, our customers who are operating networks and, and then moving to the AI part, you know, as a the final thought, the AI part is if we, can find these things in the data, and we can know what we should do about those things, uh, why not automate that? And that's where when you combine the results of machine learning with automation, um, that's where you get the artificial intelligence from our perspective, from a networking perspective. And you'll often hear it called service assurance or automated remediation or something along those lines. So uh, we're... Forever chipping away at it, but uh, you know, just like self-driving cars or something like that, there's always uh, new challenges that that pop up every time we try to work on it. Absolutely. I mean, these these technologies have varied use cases across multiple industries, right? So definitely, I mean, considering the importance of these technologies, uh, you know, it's the right time and you know, also the right focus towards these technologies. Also, John, I, I mean, I had an opportunity to interview one of our other uh, previous guests as well. So he was from uh, uh, Harvard Business Review. He used to write these uh, research articles for MIT Sloan and Harvard. So even he works for data quality systems, right? So there, there was a beautiful point which he mentioned that most of the times he, you know, whenever he's, uh, you know, kind of mentoring and suggesting and guiding these tech giants and organizations, right? So the very, uh, you know, basic problem which they face right at the front is that, you know, the quality of the data which they are going to analyze upon and build their models upon. So is it something, have you faced it or is it, you know, just over it? <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, I, I wasn't going to expose any dirty laundry. We have all clean data only at Cisco. <laughs> no, no, uh, that, so, that's, uh, that's uh, the... Cisco folks listening out there, he's the, you know, ambassador for Cisco. <laughs> <laughs> they're they're going to reach out to me and say, where? Where is that clean data you're talking about? Um, but no, that's a, that's the challenge. I mean, I, I, I forget who it was. Maybe uh, someone from LinkedIn way back in the day said, you know, you spend 80% of your time on the data and 20% of your time on the, the models and the machine learning part and, and man it seems like it's 90 10 to me um even though it's the 80 20 is there but you're they're absolutely correct i mean preparing 
um, the data, uncovering it, cleaning it, uh, making sure that it's uh, useful before you send it off to the machine learning algorithms and the you know the systems, the remediation systems. That we spend a lot of time. Uh, as a matter of fact, you work with us uh, in that space. You get to see some of that uh, firsthand, and it's extremely time-consuming. Um, and, and thus, the, the earlier thing where I mentioned, you know, you need to engage other people and involve uh, stakeholders, experts, and domain experts in uh, in the space. That that has uh, proven very helpful for us in, in cleaning up the data because just coming at it strictly from your own perspective, you, you don't realize how good or bad uh, certain data sets are. So uh, that part has has been very helpful. Uh, but yes, I, I'm going to go with the 90-10 rule uh, so far for us. 90% of the time spent cleaning it up and getting it ready, and then 10% of the time uh, actually uh, modeling it and, and analyzing the insights from it. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a major challenge. Yeah. Depending on our past collaborations as well, I have seen a bit of uh, your, uh, I've been shadowing a big bit of your work as well, so I get to know <laughs> the intricacies of other world as well. But yeah, anyways, before these technical terminologies bounce over my head, we'll jump to our uh, next segment where <laughs> we'll talk a bit about your, you know, the the motivation and the source of inspiration, how your journey has been like. So uh, tell us a bit about your source of motivation, I mean, which which gives you a great deal of enthusiasm and inspiration and, you know, which is which is something that forces you to, you know, keep yourself motivated on a regular basis. Um. So I really like solving problems, uh, I guess, and I'm, I'm motivated by uh, learning. Uh, learning really, uh, I'd love to learn new things. Um, I love to read about um, new things. I mean, who doesn't who doesn't like a good story of a, a you know a good success story of innovation or something like that? So I've read a lot of uh, uh, Simon Sinek, uh, Malcolm Gladwell, uh, Jim Collins has a series of books. Uh, you know, I have been following him from a long time. By the way, for our audience, right, just, just for your information, guys, uh, John is one such guy, you know, who has been a real uh, role model or a kind of inspiration where the, where he has been cons consistently proving that there's no end to learning. And, you know, even even if, if, if we used to buzz him at odd hours of the day also, he will be, you know, involved with some of the tech stuff, learning, reading. So that, 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 it, it feels really good to, to, to have known you, John. <laughs> And seen and I've seen you, you know, so inclined towards technology. Yeah, so sorry for interruption. Go ahead. Yeah. No, no, thank you. Thank you very much. You're making me blush. Thank God there's no video on this uh, this podcast. But th thank you very much, of course, for the, the kind words. Uh, emoticon in the <laughs> clipped ones as well. <laughs> uh, and, and you know, another area I'm motivated is um, I. I yeah, I'm motivated by when I see people working hard. I'm motivated to step in and and help. Um, so I love to see someone working hard. And 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 often the the reason is this is personal. Often the good workers get uh, overlooked in some companies because they're they're heads down getting things done. Um, and then yeah, back to uh, the the cognitive biases and the things that happen in big companies when you're trying to get things done. Um, you know there are others that, that focus their uh, energy on being more visible. Uh, so what we often see is extroverts often get 
better known in companies over introverts. And so, you know, I'm, I'm an introvert and I started my career this way. So I've experienced it, it firsthand. So I'm motivated now that I'm, I, I've been around and I'm the old guy, I'm, I'm motivated to recognize those introverts that are, that are just working hard and, and helping them get visibility, get recognized for their work. Um, so that absolutely is a huge source of motivation for me. And I, and I look for win-wins there, uh, honestly, where, where can I spend my time, uh, in, in a place that can help my company, uh, help my peers, uh, help my family, help, help myself, uh, learn something new as well. So that's, that's other people. Um, and there'll be way too many to mention here, but generally, uh, other people and what they've learned and what they've experienced and, uh, challenges they've overcome, all of that is, uh, very motivational for me. Absolutely. A good story. Yeah. <laughs> A real, uh, you know, uh, a, a real movie story, right? <laughs> but anyways, I heard the word where you said, I'm an old guy, <laughs> double quotes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I'll give you some advice for the work from home, at least, uh, you know, if if a lot of the new normal for a lot of your listeners is going to be uh, working from home, I, I found that um, create your own space. Uh, I took a, a small room in the front of the house. I, I put doors on uh, myself again because I like to learn and I'm handy as well. But uh, I put doors yeah, on the room really and cool. I have a very nice desk and I painted a wall to be a whiteboard and um, that's that's my space and they know it. Uh, even my grandson when he comes and pats on the door, my glass doors because he wants in, I can wave him away when I'm on a call. So it's, uh, create your own space is uh, definitely advice that I would give. So one of the uh, the other books that I read was, uh, and I'm, actually I'm still reading it, it was called Architects of Intelligence, and it, it lists uh, about 30 to 40s. It was from Martin Ford, and, and it talks to um, a lot of the, the experts in machine learning. So for me, from an inspirational perspective, I, I like to understand where... Uh, where are things going? And as I mentioned earlier, where can I where can I fit myself into that uh, future as I see it uh, in a way that would help m myself and my company and and my peers as we move forward? And so, for me, it is often that early morning learning time, pulling up YouTube and looking at the the future of uh, future of things and understanding where. Uh, what are these guys done? What's new? What's cutting edge? Uh, where have they innovated? So uh, Andrew Ng is one of my favorites. Uh, Stanford professor does a lot of machine learning teaching uh, and sharing. And uh, Ben Gertzel, if you've seen the the robotic Sophia, uh, is another one. Uh, everything that Boston Dynamics is doing with uh, the, their dog-like robots. Uh, so, and then he, honestly, Elon Musk and the things that he's doing with Mars and SpaceX, uh, all the, and the Mars rovers from NASA. So all of that, uh, for me, I find it inspiring and motivational to talk to these people that are just way out on the edge. And and what if, you know, what are the what are the possibilities uh, and and the things that they propose there? I find I find fascinating. Ray Kurzweil talks about the singularity um, in in the Architects of Intelligence book, and so you have this singularity is where they say artificial intelligence software will be able to uh, write itself, and and then you know from there on out, uh, apparently we're going to move towards closer to Skynet and the Terminator movies, but who knows? Uh, but again, it's just fascinating to me and, and inspirational to to learn uh, from all these people and, and their journeys. Again, I love to hear how they got into machine learning and how their thinking evolved to 
to where it is now. So I just I just find all of that uh, extremely fascinating. And so that's the that's the far end. That's the the futurist, if you will. And and you know I've already uh, I've already mentioned I'm 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 inspired by people that uh, even within my own company I'm inspired by people that uh, we'll call them Don Quixotes. Uh, people that just try to change the status quo. They realize we need a better way, and they um, they just try to blaze a trail uh, to make things better. Uh, you know, within their own companies, within their own communities. Um, you know, the people that the people that gather us all up for uh, for for food bag work, or I like to volunteer at Habitat for Humanity. There's uh, folks in Cisco here who gather up the groups of that. So so those people inspire me as well. They're willing to take their personal time and um, gather up groups and, and go knock out uh, things that the community needs. So I could talk all day. People, there's a lot of things that a lot of people do that inspire me. Um, I just find very impressive. Absolutely, John. This is the need of the hour as well, right? It is these little, uh, you know, acts of kindness of humanity which uh, goes a long way. Absolutely, yes. So, uh, what would be your advice to some of our budding leaders or youths, you know, to to have a balanced uh, life in general, which means that you excel in your professional spectrum as well as at the same time you maintain a good balance in your personal life as well? Interesting question. I will quote Andrew Ng uh, on this again, uh, Carson, and he, I, I was watching one of his, uh, again, YouTubes, <laughs> highly recommend him. Uh, he said, he was asked a similar question, uh, you know, advice for young people moving into machine learning. I'm going to tag Andrew Ng for this, just to let you, let him know that, you know, <laughs> how, how much inspiration he has been in <laughs> everyone's life. Even I have been following him since last time. Yes, very, very good, uh, very good. And that, so he, so you've probably seen this yourself. He, he, his advice he gave was learn how to learn. And, and when I associate that with the, the discussion we've had so far, it is uh, finding for me as a you know married, longtime Cisco trying to move into the new uh, the new places. It was uh, learn how to find time to learn. <laughs> but uh, I agree with him that you have to learn how to learn, and that's uh, you know even my kids two two are out of university and one is um, still finishing. Uh, but that's uh, I've told them their their lives. You're not going to learn one thing. You're going to constantly be learning. So that to me, that is the advice: is to learn how to learn and learn how to fit learning within um, your your daily calendar that we mentioned before. Even if it's a couple of minutes, even if it's one YouTube over your morning coffee, um, just being able to do that. And then uh, another one for me is to to get ahead, um, set. To, it's going to sound more cliche again, but set goals. Uh, and my goals have been, I always look for the win-win and my goals have been uh, a professional certification. So if I can find it again, the machine learning, I had to do book because I couldn't find a professional certification, but, uh, the, the VMware, the, the Splunk, the AWS certifications, the, all of those were targets for me to say, this is something I want to learn. I'm going to schedule an exam or a test out in the future. And I'm going to fit in every day a little bit of learning that I need to get closer to that um, that goal. And, and by putting a stake in the ground of a scheduled test that is costing you money or your company money out of the pocket, um, you find you end up finding a lot of time that you probably previously wasted um, to work towards that goal. So that 
you know, that's the advice I would give from a, you know, the professional that's perspective. A, that's a very sweet way of putting that statement. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, but anyways, guys, this is the mantra from John that, you know, learn how to learn and set goals. Though it sounds cliche, but it is, it's, it's so simple and basic, but it is these basic steps which, which you know, add up to the bigger success. But anyways, John, it was so interesting to know your thoughts on your personal career as well as your thoughts on leadership and, you know, all about the tech terms from the machine learning and artificial intelligence world. And it was it was really, you know, encouraging to know all these thoughts. And I personally consider myself lucky enough to have known you and, you know, have collaborated with you on a couple of other engagements. So, yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for being uh, present for this episode. Well, thank you, Akarsh, and I'm looking forward to our continued uh, collaboration. As I mentioned, I'm very motivated by uh, individuals that work hard, and I have absolutely observed that in uh, in you. So, thank you. Okay, wish there was a video on this and I could blush. <laughs> thank you so much. <laughs> thank you, John. Thank you. Thank you.